Welcome back to Now Hear This Entertainment, and specifically the conversation with 2014 New Artist of the Year Dove Award winner, Ellie Holcomb. Presumably you listened to the prior installment, episode 39, part 1, containing the first part of this interview. So here now is the rest of what she had to say when we spoke. We do like to uh, to cover some aspects of the business here in the show. We're, we're big on getting into some how-tos and some nuts and bolts. I mentioned in the intro that your two EPs hit number one on the iTunes Christian slash gospel charts, and it is said that those accomplishments came with zero dollars spent on promotion. So how did you do that then? True. <laughs> That's a great question. Well, you know what? I think... Um I love Seth Godin. I don't know if you've read any of his stuff, but he talks or, or seen like any of his TED talks, but he, um, he has this whole book about tribes, building a tribe of people who, um, you know, are for you and who love what you do and are, who are, are going to support everything that you do. And, um, I think, you know, we have been touring for about five years. Um, building relationships, um, talking to people after shows, uh, and really it's, it sort of felt like, I mean, we literally, we sent out an email to our email list the night before. I think we tweeted about it, put it on Facebook, and that's the only promotion that we did for those. But I think because, um, we had spent so many years just meeting people and listening to their stories. We, we volunteer every month at, um, for a month every summer at a young, at young life camps. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and we get to meet thousands of kids and, um, and we get the opportunity to share God's love with them. Um, and we get to play our songs and our songs end up being, um, like the soundtrack to when they heard about Jesus's love for them you know, the the first time or when they understood that for the first time. So I, I think it, it was five to six years of just um, being on the road and building relationships and trying to pe- treat people with kindness and respect along the way. Mm, okay. um, and so I feel like at the end of five years of being really faithful to do that and working really hard at that, um, we had a pretty good tribe on our hands. And I think they, um, and and for whatever reason, the music was resonating with people because it, it, what happened was, you know, our little tribe bought it and then they were like, Oh my goodness, I want my friends, something connected and people wanted to share it with other people. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love to think, you know, I remember when that happened, when all the, EPs were going number one. I just was crying, not because I was number one, but I, God's word is just woven into each of the songs. And, you know, I love this promise. And when I've, I've seen it to be true in my own life, that his word does not come back void. It accomplishes the purposes for which he sent it. You know, like the rains that water the earth and don't return to the earth without nourishing the earth. They don't return to the sky without nourishing the earth. Um, that's like his word that goes out from his mouth. And so I just, it fires me up to think about God's word going out and how he's going to encourage his children and all the different things that people are facing. And he knows exactly when they'll need to hear whatever song at the right time. And I just, that makes my heart beat fast to think about that. So <laughs> I, I love, I love the idea of getting to like be on God's team and, 
Um, and, and, and I love it when, when more records sell, cause I'm like, oh my goodness, that's just your word going out, yeah, like singing yeah, into the exactly, darkness, you know? Exactly. And so, um, so, so it's been a really, and, and that's part of what I think, I think we're hungry for that, for that life giving, um, for the life giving promises that come from the word of God. And so I think in some ways that's what resonates with people um when when they hear it i i I just imagine that that has to be some of it yeah um so so the hope yeah because that's what we all want what we all need because life can it doesn't turn out like we think it will a lot of times as evidenced by our conversation (laughs) um and and it can get pretty dark down here some days. And so um, holding on to the hope that Jesus offered us, it's not some false hope either. It's like grounded in an empty grave. Like, you know, it's like he's been there and then walked out of it. And so um, it's uh, it's been a really sweet thing. And honestly, we decided to not, um, there were some, you know, labels that were, were interested as some of these EPs and, and the record wow. was being um, recorded. And um, we actually just decided at this point um, to just stay independent because mm-hmm. um, there's there's a lot more yeses that you have to say when, when a label's involved because you're putting money into everything. And yeah, so yeah. anyway, it's been a really sweet thing. It, for this season, it's been a really beautiful thing um, to basically have this sort of community of people that we've met along the road um, and, and get to release music with them and get to see them at our shows. Yeah. And um, we're very grateful for the people who supported us over the years and who've connected with their music and that they've let it into their lives. What an honor, you know? So. And it's interesting that um, you started off your answer by mentioning the name of Seth Godin because uh, and it's an episode that I really don't get too many opportunities to to reference back to, but on episode 32, I interviewed Sereni Rao, um, who has um, been on Glenn Beck and who has himself interviewed Seth Godin. So kind of a, uh, a name that I didn't wow. really expect to come out in this interview. Um, but but while we're at it, talking about the, the business end, and, and especially because you just mentioned the independent approach, I had mentioned at the start of the show that you are just the second independent artist to win New Artist of the Year at the Dove Awards. So just kind of take us behind the scenes with that because there are listeners who are up-and-coming singer-songwriters that are entering competitions such as, say, the Independent Music Awards. And obviously, those mm-hmm. those people would love to get to the level that you've reached. So just kind of, um, you know, pull back the curtain and, and what can you share about the actual process, say, the nomination and the other components of, of what eventually lands you on the stage up there getting the award? Yeah, well, honestly, um, that is still a little bit of a mystery to me. Wow, wow. I I did not expect, um, I did not expect to even be nominated, honestly. Um, But but here's something really, really cool that happened, um, and we may talk about this a little bit more later, but when we... Um, de- decided to release this to make the record um, as sure as a son and we started the process of making it um, my manager who manages my husband and, and also sheepishly agreed to manage me as well <laughs> um, he heard he heard the song and he just said oh man I think we need to try to go to radio um, and so 
you know, I, I it's a very expensive thing to go to radio. Actually, you hire um, independent. For, for us, we hired. Um, we we're hoping to hire two independent radio promoters to basically take your songs to radio people across the country and say, "Hey, you really should listen to this." Here's this girl's story. Here's what she's all about. And here's this awesome song. I think it would be great on the radio. It's kind of weird, but that's how the radio goes. And yeah. so, um, uh, so, so we um, were able, kind of going back to the tribe thing, um, to to raise enough money to be able to hire those radio uh, promoters. Chris Hauser and Matt Engel um, are the guys that we hired, and they're both independent. Um, they've both been with labels before, but decided that they wanted to kind of start their own business. And so um, I got to go on a bunch of radio tours and meet radio people all over the country. And they are an amazing group of people, for the record. Um, they're, <laughs> it's a little musical communities and I call them hope dispensaries because they really have seen that, that songs have the power to um, deeply encourage people and sort of infuse hope into people's lives and people desperately want hope um, like we're talking about before so yeah. I was able to um, I met so many people and, and radio people I guess um, are vote on the Dovewards, you know, like that's sort of that, like they're sort of members of the GMA association. And so, um, I, I don't know. I really don't understand how I even got nominated <laughs> or how, um, exactly. But I have met a lot of really kind radio people along the way. And, um, and then I think, um, when somebody independent, when you build a tribe and, and you're able to like, be like, man, make a splash on iTunes or, um, you know, on the billboard charts. I think people in the industry begin to say, wait, who is this person? Yeah, you know, yeah. they, they don't have any representation, and yet something's resonating and something's connecting. Yeah, maybe I need and to so, start paying attention to who this person is. Yeah, and so, I, so honestly... Yeah, I, I really don't understand it. It's, I, I, it's still kind of a mystery to me, um, but I feel so honored by it because it's sort it's people within the industry. So um, we've been able to meet a lot of those people over the years. And my dad, you know, is a producer. He's been um, in the Christian music industry since the 70s. And so, um, I, you know, I kind of had met some of these people Um but I, I, it still is, honestly, I'm still a little baffled by it. Mm-hmm. But I can say that okay. I know that, that writing things for, for beginning artists, and my dad says this, he's like, um, you know, wait to, wait to record a record until people are asking for the songs that you're playing. So that's mm-hmm. a really good sign that you need to, to, to make a record and wow. to maybe invest some money and some time in that. He said, because the, at the end of the day, what makes music sell is that it connects and it resonates with people. Right? Like it, it's, yeah. And so, so he, he always says, play as much as you can, write as much as you can. And when people start asking you, hey, do you have that song recorded? That's a good sign that you need to record yeah, that song. Yeah, nicely said. I like that. And, that's, that's good advice. And, and uh, great advice. And so I, I think in some ways, um, you know, I, 
I had heard that my whole life. And so, and I had never really intended on making a record. One one time in an interview with my dad and I, someone asked, how long did it take Ellie to write this record? And my dad looked at me and he said, Ellie, how old are you? And I was like, <laughs> And he goes, 31 years. <laughs> he just said, you know, um, I, so I think starting off, if you can write songs that are resonating with people, that people want, and they're like, oh my gosh, I gotta have that. You gotta write great songs. Um, and in my opinion, that's, that's, and that's and been our experience with my husband's band too. Someone um, in the music business told him, you know, when you write the right songs, they'll start doing the work for you. And of course, when you're writing your songs, you think every song is right. This is the best one. You know, this is my yeah, baby. Of course. But, um, but what happened is he wrote this song called Live Forever. And um, there was something, he didn't write it with, it, with um, you know, commercial bone in his body. He wrote it for our nieces and our nephews when they were moving away to family. He's really sad about it. So he wrote this song for him, them, hoping that they'd hang on. Um, to the light in the middle of a really dark world. And literally, that song is like the song with wings. And it's just crazy. Mm. The, this um, label heard it. They pitched it to this company who uh, does placements for television and movies. And they got the song placed on this show called Parenthood. Yeah, and yeah. it was the, the minute and a half long montage, no, no talking or dialogue over the song. And literally, it it went viral. I mean, wow. just iTunes went crazy. Wow. Um, all of a sudden, we started playing shows in cities we'd never been in, and two hundred people would show up. Amazing. Um, and so it was. It really is. I cannot stress enough. Like really working on writing songs that are connecting and resonating with people. I like that. And um, and so that's a really good place to start. Um, and, you know, putting stuff on YouTube to, to where people can hear the songs to see if they can connect with it, sure. um, you know, or SoundCloud or something like that. So you have a way to share them, sure. playing coffee houses and all that stuff. So, cause that is honestly, um, I didn't start making recording music. I played this women's conference and, um, for this group of young life women, they asked me to come in and play these songs. I had nothing recorded yet. And I played and all the women, the whole rest of the year were emailing me. Do you have this song? Do you have this song? <laughs> and they invited me back. And so my dad was like, you know what? This is probably a good sign that you should make a little EP. Yeah. So that's that first Magnolia EP. Uh, we didn't release it on iTunes even right at first. Wow. I just burned copies, put them in brown paper bags with stickers. Wow played over each one that God would encourage whoever was going to have that CD. And I think I printed up like, you know, on my computer, we did like 200, 150 yeah, of them. Yeah. We sold out that weekend and women kept emailing, you know, we were, I was on tour with my husband. Women kept emailing like, oh, I want 30 more to send all wow. my friends for Christmas. So, wow. so I was like, okay guys, we got to go to Office Depot and buy more jewel cases. Oh, and my what a great story. very pragmatic. And so he, he said, he's very, you know, practical and he was like, oh, no, 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 we're not, we're putting this thing on iTunes. So really, <laughs> we just did it so we would not have to, you know, make our own CDs with brown paper bags and stickers wow. anymore. What a great and, story. And, we're, and we just let our people know about it, our tribe know yeah, about it. Yeah. And it, it went to number one. So it's just crazy. So I love, it's a really good, for me, it's been a really natural, um, sort of grassroots deal of even making the music. You yeah, know, it's organic. just like, oh, people want these songs. Okay. 
Okay, we'll record them. That sounds good. Yeah. And then I'd write more songs and sing those, and it's like, oh, they want these too. Oh, I should record those, you know? So um, I think it's, that's a good way um, to think about it. And, you know, we're both, my husband and I are independents, and we've been able to, you know, carve out a living. You know, we're not famous for any by any means, but um, it's been a really cool thing to build a tribe and a community of people who connect with our music over the years. And, um, and that gets to be our job as that continues to grow. So. Yeah, as you just described, it was it was more organic than it was deliberate. Uh, and um, mm-hmm. so a lot of that happens virtually, and that is a good segue for me to say that I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me here today in the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville is singer-songwriter Ellie Holcomb. Visit her official website. It's www.elliholcomb.com. And you'll see the proper spelling of her first and last name on whatever device you're listening to the show on. She is all over social media, too. At the top of her website homepage that I just gave, there are icons to click on to link over to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And do please purchase her music as well. There is also a link in that same spot on her website to go to iTunes, or you can simply purchase her music right there on her website. Follow Ellie online also so you can stay on top of where she's performing live and when. And be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That's H-E-A-R. Sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it very easy to get the show every week. It'll just download automatically for you when a new episode comes out so you don't even have to go looking for it. Feel free to use the social media Mm -hmm. buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And please, I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast Post your comments on that Facebook page I just mentioned. It's facebook.com slash nowhearthisinc. Uh, mentioning there, Ellie, that people should look to go see you live. You're doing a couple shows this weekend with Crowder, who is tremendous. You're going to be in Houston yeah. and then Tulsa. Uh, then on November 4th, you're doing a Haiti benefit in Waco, Texas. November 14th, Appleton, Wisconsin. November 17th, an event already sold out in Nashville. Uh, what is the plan in terms of touring? Is it, at this point, anything that comes your way? Is it, uh, let's latch on with someone else, like a Crowder? What, what can the listeners expect going forward in terms of your touring? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I, it has been such a joy. You know, that's what's funny is I've gone out. I never want to leave my little girl, but every time I get to go out and play these shows, I, I really love it. So I'm always like, oh, no, I don't want to go on this tour. I don't want to play the show. I don't want to leave her. And then I go and I do it, and I'm like, oh, man, Lord, you made me to do this. And you made me to be her mom, too, and now I just get to go home, which is great. <laughs> so um, we uh, we say no a lot more than yes to touring right now just um to kind of protect time um together as a family and my little girl um but i think that there will certainly be seasons where i will tour more um we are with a great uh booking agency called caa here in nashville and so they're um the ones that kind of manage all the requests that we get from churches to tours and and then they apply you know for me to open up on tours as well so um i'm not really at liberty to say what's up for the spring but i think i will be touring um as an opening act for for a band in the spring and um and there's some stuff even coming in for next fall as well um some summer festivals and then this december um i am doing a really um cool 
run of shows um, with compassion, uh, yeah, sort yeah. of an evening for women that they've um, that they're putting together. They're still solidifying all of the dates, but um, that will be with uh, a lady named Ann Voskamp, who's an amazing writer. Um, she's a blog called A Holy Experience and um, a book called One Thousand Gifts. And that changed my life, literally, the book did. And um, she is amazing. And then there will be a poet on the tour as well named Amina Brown. And it will be sort of an in-the-round night for women um, in the middle of a crazy holiday season. So (laughs) that is going to be a really special beautiful evening um i'm looking forward to going every night if that's how much i love amina and ann um so i am really looking forward to that and hope to do um more things like that that are geared just towards encouraging um encouraging people Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. women's conferences and stuff like that so well and uh and you know i've given Listeners, I've, I've given you a couple times so far during the show, I've given you different locations online where you can find Ellie. So uh, as the details become public for what she just described, as well as for performances next year, it's uh, all the more reason to, to want to stay in touch with her uh, through uh, her website and through social media. Uh, Ellie, I, I loved your acceptance speech at the Dove Awards, especially, of course, the, the praise and honor that you gave Jesus at the end. But but there was one person in particular that you mentioned during your speech that I want you to talk about because the listeners who are being introduced to you should know, and you, you mentioned this in passing uh, a little bit earlier, but your dad actually co-produced your album. He did. He did. His name is Brown Bannister, like the dirt. And uh, that's what he always says anyway. And he is, uh, it's been a really beautiful thing to get to make music with my, with my father. Um, he has been a producer since the 70s. And he honestly kind of fell into it as well. There was a, a young, he was an engineer at the time at a studio. And um, didn't really know what he was doing even with that. Uh, just his friend convinced him to move to Nashville and got him a job in a studio as an engineer. <laughs> and so he, there was a girl in his youth group um, that was uh, he thought was just a great singer. Um, and he gave her cassette tape uh, of a couple songs that she had played to his friend, uh, Chris Christian, who then in turn played it over the phone for a guy at Word. And they word records signed her sight unseen, and that Whoa. young girl was named Amy Grant. Whoa! And so, uh, so he and they asked my dad to produce the record, and he said, "Well, I don't know how to produce a record." He said, "Well, you don't know how to engineer a record either. <laughs> Give it a whirl." <laughs> so he literally fell into to being a producer and produced uh, I don't know all of Amy's first records. I think they've made almost 20 records together. Um, so, anyway, he has been in the music business for a long time. And, um, you know, as a little girl, I just remember um, two things. I remember loving how passionate my dad was about his job. And he would cry just talking about um, the impact that some of these songs we're having on people's lives. Mm. People are worshiping God and receiving great comfort and healing and hope 
from Beautiful. his music that he was getting to make. Beautiful. So I caught that vision um, in a really beautiful way as a little girl. But the other thing that happened is um, he was so passionate about his work um, that he really was gone from home a lot. Mm-hmm. So, so he and he would say, you know, if he was on the the phone line with us, um, he would say that he was a workaholic. And um, about when I was in middle school or high school, um, God kind of got a hold of his heart by way of my mother and turned his heart towards home. That really started changing him. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really amazing to see I'm the oldest of five kids and my younger siblings all kind of grew up with a different dad than I had because he was wow. so... he is totally change and wow. he says the biggest thing that he can offer his children is repentance is mm. just to say you know what i have not done this right i made a bunch of mistakes but man i love you and we knew that he loved us the whole time but there were some wounds there just from you know he just missed out on a lot of my childhood just part of why i swore i'd never be involved in the music industry and so it's, it has been, um, you know, we just, it has been such a gift to get to work together. Um, and we always say it's like the verse, um, from Joel where, where the Lord says, you know, he restores the years that the locusts have eaten. And, um, so it has been an incredibly beautiful and redemptive thing, um, you know, for, for seeing music that pulled him away from a lot of years of, of my younger years growing up is the very thing that we're getting to do together yeah, now. Yeah. Um, so it's, it has just been such a beautiful, um, it's a beautiful story to tell. And, and honestly, it's freed me up as a mom um, to see how humble my dad is. Mm. Um, and for him to just say, you know what, I did not do everything right. But man, I love you, and um, man, I'm asking God to change me, show me how um, to love you better. That's and tremendous. what a beautiful gift to hand to me, this young mom, who I'm not going to do this perfectly, this mom thing. And um, and for me to know, be able to show Emily, you know what, I'm to be able to say I'm sorry. And look, this is what we do as a believing people, as as you know, people who follow Jesus, when we make mistakes, and we inevitably will, the Bible's full of people who make mistakes, sometimes on purpose. And and because of what Jesus has done on the cross, we get to run back, turn around, and run back into his arms and yeah. say, oh, yeah. Lord, forgive me. And there's and grace abounds. And so um, it's been a really powerful thing to see um, my, a lifestyle of repentance um, with my father. And I hope to pass that down to my little girl and, and to other kids if we have them one day. <laughs> well, and, uh, and while we're talking about the album, this is, this is just truly amazing. Listeners, uh, here we go again. We've, we've talked countless times on this show with artists who have utilized crowdsourcing to fund their recording projects. Uh, as recently as episode 33, I mentioned the name of Sarah Donner before. On episode 33, Sarah Donner talked about how her goal was $10,000 to record her CD, and she raised almost 15000 And hold on to your hats, listeners. Ellie, you did a Kickstarter campaign where you were looking to raise $40,000, and 
You were looking to do that in 50, five, zero. Listeners, she was looking to raise $40,000 in 50 days. Not only did you get $40,000 in just three days, but you ended up getting over $108,000. Did, did, did you never go to bed and like stay on social media <laughs> continuously, like going house to house, knocking on doors? Wow. It was, that was one of the most beautiful things. I I will never, I will always look back on that season and, um, and be so grateful to tell the story of God's provision and the beauty of, um, when, of when music and community come together. It was, I I, honestly, I didn't even want to do a Kickstarter because I'm a perfectionist. I'm like, if we don't hit that goal, I'm going to fail in front of everybody. (laughs) And that sounds terrible. And I literally, before the night, I tried to convince my husband and my manager, I'm like, we should only try to raise $10,000. No one's going to do this. No one's going to do it. They know our band's music. They don't really know mine. I've never even played shows hardly. And um, they were like, well, here's the deal we can either go into debt you know to pay for this record and to see if we can promote it to radio or we can try on on you know kickstarter and do you believe in these songs and uh you know i just i i did i did i believed in them i not only just in the songs but god's word was all up in them so i was like well i want a lot of people to hear this if it's going to encourage people i want as many people to hear this as possible and um they're like okay we're doing it and literally i felt like i was going to throw up the night before it started i'm like oh man we are never going to hit this so so (laughs) you know reluctant me i'm like this is a terrible idea and then in three days we hit it and i i basically just cried every day for 50 days straight (laughs) um and i remember when we hit the we did all the stretch goals you know like, oh, if we hit $80,000, we're going to print vinyl. And everybody, you know, every backer, $25 and up gets a vinyl record as well. And uh, I just never dreamed that we would hit that. And uh, we did. And then we hit the party for everybody when we hit 100000 And I remember when we hit $100,000, I was face first on the floor, mm. weeping, just thanking Jesus. Um, just that I, I'm, I was like, man, Lord, I'm going to get to do this. Um, thank you. Thank you for making a way. Thank you for providing. Thank you that I get to be a part of proclaiming who you are, um, and sharing the hope that comes from your word through song. I can't believe this. I just was going, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. How sweet. And, and, and for me, it was a big, um, step of faith to even release a record because I didn't really necessarily want to do that. I always tell people I accidentally started a music career um, (laughs) because I really wasn't, I really wasn't sure that I even wanted to do it, but it just sort of felt like what the Lord, the gifts that he was giving me that he wanted me to share. And so uh, it, it really did feel like the Lord was just saying, see, yeah. See, I told you this is what I this is what I have for you. Uh, this is what I want you to do. It shows what you a know? loving and generous God He is. Oh man, totally. So I uh, I'm very grateful uh, for all of my Kickstarter backers. I feel like I have this family, <laughs> you know, sure. that I got to to start this journey with. But let's stay on that topic because I'm always interested in the operational side 
of these types of things, not only on behalf of myself and my business, but certainly on behalf of the listeners. I'm curious how things went with the 14 people that pledged at the level that got them a private acoustic concert with you. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, well, I'm about to play my last one. Wow. Just now. I mean, you know, and this is, you know, much, much later. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I... uh, did was super busy i think you know there were about 14 on there but people ended up calling in even after kickstarter was over wow. saying oh we got we got the money together we want to do one too so i think we wow. ended up doing 20 house shows wow um and honestly it is like one of the cool it, they've been so cool it's just been awesome because here's the deal you're getting to share this music and, and these stories behind the song um, with the people who said, I'm in this, who believed in me really before I believed in myself. You know, we were like, oh, yeah, we're in. And so it's literally felt like, um, I, I think that's the way that music was meant to be. You know, that's where it started, music on, like, people in people's living rooms and on the front porch and on the farm. You know, like, it just, it sort of feels like to me the best, the, like, original way that music was shared. Um, you know, before we had records and radio and all of that stuff. Yeah. So um, it's very intimate, and it just, uh, and and it has been such a sweet thing. And some people have just done, and I've done a small, I've just one family. Their two little girls love uh, my records, and they sing along, the two girls sang every single word uh, of every single song with that's me. That's adorable. And we were just on their back porch. And then um, I've had, People do, um, you know, just open it up to the community and host a, wow. a church. And wow. I played at a church in the middle of a graveyard. Wow. And uh, I've played at uh, this one I'm doing is a guy's kind of doing it as a uh, night out for his business. Hmm. So it's been really fun to see yeah. how people have, have chosen to kind of yeah, it's like really run the gamut. host an evening. Yeah. yeah, it's been amazing. But so, you know, it's uh, it's interesting because um, I had uh, you know I'm I'm partial to the whole songwriting world and and I had written a blog recently saying what the world needs now is is more uh, listening rooms and and it's it is that uh-huh. that atmosphere that you described where you can sit there and and really touch people directly and and they can get to know you and and these songs that that all the songwriters refer to as their babies and uh you know yeah. just the the previous the episode prior to this one J.R. Bird a singer songwriter from Texas you know he was talking about the house concert scene and and of course we all know that that's become uh-huh. you know very very prevalent uh, on today's music landscape. And, and so for yeah. you to get that opportunity, you know, that's, I, I, w- I would say probably the perfect house concert is being able to do uh, contemporary Christian music, you know, as, as opposed to country songs or Americana or whatever it is, just, you know, because it's just, I mean, now you're in someone's home, you know, and you can just really, right. you can really let the Holy Spirit work in, in that atmosphere. And, and they know what kind of music they're they're getting coming in. So um, right. we're... We're going to close uh, the show today with the song that you performed at the Dove Awards called The Broken Beautiful. You alluded to it a little bit earlier in the show, but but before we do close and and play that song, uh, please tell the listeners more about The Broken Beautiful. Yeah, so I I think if there's anything that I've seen God do in, in my own story, it's that He's taken the parts of my life that have been the most messed up and the most broken. 
and he's brought healing and redemption and hope to those very, very broken places. And um, I, like I mentioned before, I walked with some friends through some very um, dark trials, the kind of things that, you know, make you go, like, how on earth is Romans eight twenty eight true? Like, God works all things for the good of those who love him <laughs> and are called according to his purposes. Because I don't see any way that he could work, bring any good out of this. Like, how is God going to show up in the middle of this junk? Mm-hmm. And um, lo and behold, every time he is faithful. And um, I, this song is really just a prayer that God would help me remember that he's able to heal any broken situation, any broken heart, uh, because he was broken for us and he walked out of a grave so that we could be made whole and so that we wouldn't have to be defined by the pain and the brokenness in our lives, but that we could be defined by the love and the healing that he brings to the middle of that brokenness. And, um, and yeah, so it's just a prayer that God would help me remember that it's true because I've seen it to be true in the past, and I I know that it's true today. I know that there will be times in the future that will be um, hard, and that I'll need to remember again. It's okay. He shows up. This is what he's in the business of doing: is showing up in the middle of messes and bringing peace and hope and life. Beautiful. Ellie, thank you so much uh, for your time. Thank you for for blessing the show with with your music and with your your ministry. Very, very much appreciated. Absolutely. Such a joy to get to talk with you, guys. I would like to close, as always, by formally thanking my guest today, singer-songwriter Ellie Holcomb. Visit her official website at www.elliholcomb.com. I'm going to spell it for you now. It's E-L-L-I-E and then H-O-L-C-O-M-B. Remember that she is very active on social media, too. Like her Facebook page. Follow her on Twitter. Follow her on Instagram. Remember that you can easily access all of those through the social media icons at the top of her website homepage, where there is also a link for you to purchase her music from iTunes. And as mentioned previously, you can also purchase directly from her website. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. That's all it is, just one field. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Please give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That actually really does help the show a lot. If you're listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there. And you can also follow on SoundCloud, which is just like subscribing. As I mentioned before, let's get your feedback on the show, too. Post your comments on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song by Ellie Holcomb. This is the one she just talked about. It's called The Broken Beautiful.
Begin. 